0: We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? The hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Hello, friends. Welcome to the newest episode of, of Bangarangs and Daggers. I'm here with Kevin Knight, uh, my co-host, and we're going to talk, um, spend some time with you talking about, uh, Nebraska basketball. Cause that's generally what we do on this show, among other things. However, you know, uh, Kevin and I live in two separate, different living arrangements. I guess you could say as far as he lives in the big city, I live in a small town. We were going to start on time. But in this case, Kevin, had to uh, his dog had to go out. And so I'm actually interested. Um, what is the process, Kevin, as far as getting your dog to go out and to go to the bathroom? Because I'm going to tell you what I do. I open the door and I let my dog out and then I walk away. <laughs> so uh, I assume you can't do that in Washington, D.C. Uh, so, I mean, what, what is it that you guys do?
1: Um, yeah, so it's a little bit different for us, obviously. Um, taking our uh, little beagle, Taylor, out means that we uh, put the leash on her, go out our door, turn left, uh, go to the stairs at the end of the hallway, probably, I don't know, five, six hundred feet down, maybe, probably not that far. I don't know. I'm terrible at estimating distances. Um Go to the end hallway, go into the stairwell, and uh, proceed to go downstairs with her. Uh, so we are on the seventh floor of our apartment building, and we go down to the second floor where there's an exit out uh, to the back, and there's a dog park area um, with like a little gated dog relief area. And we walk our dog out there, uh, let her in, let her off leash. She goes. And then when we come back, we take the stairs because, um, I don't really want to walk up five flights of stairs, which involves going quite a ways further down the hallway to get to the elevator shaft and come up the floors and whatnot. So, yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how we take her out for quick potty tricks. So, so, so you can
0: just let, cause there's an area you, you said, so you can just let her off leash and then
1: boom, and then she's and, good to go. For the most part um there's quite a few dogs in our building though so there's a couple that she doesn't like and a couple that um just aren't well behaved with literally any dogs in the building so sometimes the owners are in there and even though we all pay um you know a fair amount of money for our rent and in the rent lease agreement it says that your dog has to be friendly with other dogs or you can't use the communal dog park area if you know those dogs are there um they get really ornery about it, which I get mad about when it's, you know, the last trip out at the night and I want to go to at the, end of the night and I want to go to bed and I have to wait 10 minutes while their ill-behaved dog sniffs around and takes forever to do their stuff. And it's like, my, my dog will be in and out in like two minutes tops in here. And I'm standing around with her out here waiting because she only goes in that area because she's well-trained. Can you just leave and let me go to bed? <laughs>
0: I mean, that'd be uh, quite the different dynamic. I, uh, cause I live in town, but, um, I, I, have a Rhodesian Ridgeback and unlike other dogs, at least I assume it has something to do with the breed. I could be wrong that she is not interested really in just running off. Um, because she wants, she's thinks she's part of the pack or whatever. However, if she, which we have a ton of. We have foxes in the area. We have well, coyotes if they want to come that far into town. Uh, squirrels and rabbits. And if she sees any of those, she is gone. Um, she and she's run after deer before. And uh, so, uh, other. I mean, if she does not see one of those, and she's you know very good about just kind of sniffing around because we don't have a fence. And we, you know, we, we try to do a good job of making sure that she's not
1: going into other people's yards. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we used to, at one time we would actually uh, walk her down there off leash and she'd be fine most of the time, but um, she's gotten a little bit older and um, there's a female dog that moved down to our floor around the corner from us that uh, still kind of a puppy and she and that dog for some reason, cause there's a couple other dogs on the floor that she gets along with, but they all seem to be boys. But the other girl, you know, um, can't have, can't have another girl on the floor. That's not okay. So she, um, for a beagle, she's incredibly quiet, but she gets really ornery with that dog whenever it walks by and like growls and occasionally we'll open the door. Um, if, you know, if we try to do the off leash thing, like she'll take off running in the opposite direction towards where that one lives. And, um, yeah, I mean, she can't go anywhere, but like if they're coming back from a walk or, um, you know, if that dog's at the bottom of the stairwell or stuff, plus there's been, um, a lot of people do that and people who don't have dogs in the building get uh, mad about it and email the leasing office about how there's dogs loose in the hallways and whatnot. And like, people get uh, upset that there's dogs loose. I mean, yeah, yeah, there, there are, there are people in the building who don't like them, um, in fact, actually, I, I, we had a, we had somebody from um, uh, a, a different country on our floor. That was a foreign exchange student at, at um, I think Georgetown Law, probably because we're near their campus, um, the, the law school campus. And so there's usually a lot of law school students there. And this person, I, I only say that they weren't um, that, that they were a foreign exchange student because we couldn't really ever talk to her because she didn't really speak English very legibly. But she was terrified of dogs when we first got our um, our beagle. And so, like, we would go out in the hallway, even when she was on leash, and this she would scream when she would see our dog in the hallway. <laughs> and it's like, after a while, we finally, like, she, uh, walking by her, like, we kind of let our dog approach her and sort of, you know, it. Interacted a little bit to be like, you know, hey, she's fine. She's really friendly. She's never going to hurt you as a, as a human unless like you do something to make her want to bite you. And she sort of like tried to pet her and whatnot. But then after that, she stopped being quite so scared of her. But so like there's people like that in the building and whatnot. But so generally, for the most part, we don't ever do the off leash thing anymore because of the the other dogs that are in the building. That she doesn't like, and never necessarily knowing if she's going to catch scent of them and freak out. Or, um, you know, also just because technically it's not allowed, and the leasing office has sent out a couple angry emails the last few months. But
0: no, there you go. You're going to be a nice transition, Michigan State, Nebraska. I'm, I love <laughs> transitions, as everyone knows. I was on the Five Heart podcast as the game was going on. So I got to watch a little bit. Uh but you I think you are the expert because you are a Michigan State fan. Uh True. Michigan State fan first and foremost, you know, also a Nebraska fan as well, another yeah, you know, other time. So I guess uh what were your thoughts about the game? Uh you know, what is Nebraska a better program at this point? Uh or is you know or is Hoiberg, is he going to um pretty much just going to take is out the woodshed from here on out or how is it, how
1: are things going to go? <laughs> oh, Nate, Nate, Nate. <laughs> oh, Nate. Um, well, uh, first off, let's, let's talk about Jack Hoiberg. Um, maybe you should be seeing more minutes than foster lawyer as backup point guard, honestly. Um, so, I'm sure plenty of our listeners uh, know and hopefully a lot of you read the piece that I put together about um, the MSU Nebraska game being a family affair. And no, it wasn't having to do with my husband and I, um, who actually fled town for it. He left for a work conference because he um, couldn't deal with the impending defeat, I suppose. But uh, So anyway, um, Jack Hoiberg is Coach Hoiberg's oldest son. And happens to be a walk-on at Michigan State. And he got his first start at Nebraska on Thursday, which was pretty fun. He played, how many minutes was it total here? Um, he ended up with, uh, okay, it looks like only five minutes on the game. But, I mean, he did pretty well um, overall for that. And that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, Coach Holyberg didn't actually know going into the game that he was going to start until uh, they came in with um, the cards in the locker room showing who the opponent's starting lineup will be. And he starts reading them off, you know, 23 Tillman, 10. Wait, wh- what? That that Jack's number! And something like, you know, holy shit or something like that. I uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me I, um, recapping what he said in the postgame. But, I mean, that, that was a fun moment. I think that was probably the... Um, the most fun both sides should uh, be taking away from that because this is a game uh, with essentially kids and it's, it's fun. It it should be one of the things that I think I at least love about college basketball is watching the growth that happens with uh, college kids as they mature through four years, five years of playing generally. And um, yeah, I think that was the biggest uh, takeaway that I want to, highlight beyond that it was um i i I don't want to anger our listeners here but um i mean this was just an embarrassing game for michigan state in that like they kind of had their way with nebraska in a way of if they couldn't if they could have not turned the ball over this honestly was never really competitive at any real point seemingly i mean like they had 22 turnovers on the game. It's like for quite a while at one point, the only time they didn't score on an offensive possession was because they turned the ball over. And it wasn't even a like, you know like good defensive play by Nebraska NSL. like I, I don't mean to be harsh on that. It was just literally like MSU has a problem in a lot of games that they're careless with the ball, and it was just so obvious. They were just not caring with ball security. And it was just, it was frustrating as a state fan watching it of like, we should be ahead. We're shooting so well. What is the problem here? Why are we turning it over every other possession? And now that I've thoroughly made everyone mad at me who ever had any shred of joy in listening to any recap I had with Nebraska, I don't know how few people that was, but, you know, Oh, what uh, what are your thoughts on the box score, Nate? Well, you know,
0: uh, for when
1: I when I watched, it was,
0: uh, it, it was really, it, you felt like Nebraska was hanging on by a thread, and that was just because Deshaun Burke went off in the first half. He was, uh, I think, he hit is it four four three pointers, or is it Deshaun Burke. Uh, he was four for eight from three and he hit Mm -hmm. one right at the end of the half, uh, halftime score. Uh, Nebraska was down by three. And, 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 you know, and this has been the kind of tale the entire season that Nebraska can hang with teams for about a half. And then sometimes that they just, they, you know, to me is, you know, I, and I can't remember if I said this in the five heart podcast or not, but when I'm coaching our kids, I understand they're not Division One basketball players by any stretch of the imagination, but when we hit early three pointers, I think it's a bad omen. It really is, and that may sound stupid, but guess what? What are they going to want to do? They're going to want to shoot three pointers because guess what's a lot easier than like I don't know setting a couple down screens curls or driving into the hoop and making you know the defense rotate. The easiest thing to do is shoot threes. And so Deshaun Burke hits a couple, and then now, and then he even shot like a couple, like step back three pointers. And I'm just like, no, those aren't good shots. But guess what? He he thinks he's feeling it. And guess what? He, you know, he went four for eight from the three point line, and it kept him in the game, but it's not sustainable. Uh, So, you know, the beginning of the the second half, I mean, if you want to see. I guess I would say the Achilles heel for Nebraska this year is sh- shooting around the rim. And we all knew that they're they're a lot smaller than you know pretty much any other team in the country. But, I mean, here's a play-by-play of uh, the first possession. And it's Thor missed a layup, and then Yvonne got an offensive rebound, and then he missed a layup. And that's... I mean, you start the second half and you, you know, you get two layups and you miss them both. I mean, that, that that's kind of how the season has gone around the hoop. You know, we just have guys that are so, you know, they've gotten their shot stuff right back in their face. And I think we're kind of afraid around the rim. And guess what? Yeah, you know, you're dealing with big 10 teams, dealing with big guys. And I think it kind of showed. So, and then when you can't, When the threes aren't going in and you can't make layups, then you're going to end up getting beat. You know, 86 to 65, just like Michigan State did. Michigan State's a much, 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 much better team than Nebraska. Everyone knows that. And they're a much better, much, much better program. And uh, they showed it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the rebounding margin in this one 35 defensive rebounds, Michigan State, 17. Nebraska. I mean, they had more defensive rebounds for MSU than Nebraska did entirely in the game. They only had 26 overall. Offensively, it was nine rebounds. Nebraska, 16 Michigan State. It's almost double the offensive rebounds, and it's just ugly on the defensive end. I mean, three-point overall, Michigan State shot 48.1%, and Nebraska shot 25%. 32 attempts overall. Overall, they had 36 or uh, 66 shot attempts. So, I mean, you have almost almost 50% of your shot attempts are three-point shots. But then again, correspondingly, Nebraska rarely takes shots particularly far out from the rim. They do get some decent penetration. They just can't finish at the rim. Some Most of that's height, but a lot of that, um, it, you know, Coach Hoiberg has said um, he kind of thinks it's a little bit of being too timid uh, to a degree. Uh, you know, I mean, they, just, they need to, when they drive, they need to be serious about it and make a, a aggressive drive for the basket. Why is my Siri going off? Sorry about that.
0: Um, that has happened to me before. Also, in my Siri's like, you know, <laughs> like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Right, go ahead.
1: No, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it just... It was ugly. I mean... Let's see. To their credit, though, Nebraska only got blocked twice, and they got six blocks themselves. So, you know, a little embarrassing for the Spartans there, that's for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, it, w- one thing that I think is also worth mentioning is, you know, MSU shot 48.1% from the three-point line, or, you know, from behind the three-point line in this game. Um Overall on the season, they are a – bear with me one second here. They shoot 34.9%. I I think at this point with as many games as we've seen, we have to accept the fact that Nebraska is just a terrible team at three-point defense because too many teams – I feel like, go off from the three-point line for them. And in the advanced rankings, their defense is pretty bad. So, Well, actually, right on cue, uh,
0: Chris Hetty from the Omaha World-Herald tweeted out after the Michigan State, I think it was the day after, uh, Nebraska used to rank first in the Big Ten three-point defense. They are now 12th. From last five games, teams are fifty-six of hundred and thirty-five. That's forty-one percent from three point range. That's that's not good for for Nebraska. And also,
1: this to- is mind you in a season where on average NCAA teams are shooting four percent lower from deep. Teams statistically are shooting worse from three point range this season than they were last season. <laughs> Or any of the season under seasons under ten miles. So I mean that's that's unfortunate <laughs> to say the least. Well, I think part of it
0: is that when you're under size down low, that you might have to bring a double or someone to dig down. And I think teams are beating us on our rotations. And so that's kind of what's been hurting us.
1: But that that is a very good point. I mean, they have no real answer right now without a center to be able to take on people like Luca Garza, um, you know, like Xavier Tillman, like Jalen Smith. And they've had to rely on double teams and the double teams have been effective more often than not at stopping them down low most of the game. But it just leaves. Shooters open behind the arc, wide open, and they start sinking them against the Huskers. Agreed. (laughs) Which, once again, I I feel like this should be my new mantra. Uh, Will a real Big Ten center please stand up and sign with the Huskers?
0: I would appreciate that. So, um, keeping along with the uh, feel-good story of Nebraska basketball... Uh, they uh, then went on to uh, play at Illinois and yeah. lost by 12. And so that would be what the th- 12th game in a row that they lost. So, um, yeah, that
1: yep, that's right. Which the and, Michigan State game was the record uh, number of losses ever by a Nebraska team in a row.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I mean, if you, if you go into, I mean, okay, so today, uh, Heath Cheatham was being interviewed by the media and they asked him, you know, what, what, what brought you to Nebraska? And he said, 11 roster spots were open. And so you just kind of remind yourself of that. So, you know, when, rec- you know, when you're breaking records like that, I guess you want to say, I mean, it's. The, what did we expect? I don't know, and so I don't. Know, I, I can't be too upset about it. Uh, so Illinois, they were, they're you know they're, they're a top half Big Ten team. Uh, com- you know, comparatively to Michigan State, I think that Nebraska, you know, matched up a little bit better, but. Illinois made shots at the end, and then Nebraska couldn't, you know, keep up, you know, to finish out the game. And so that's kind of why they lost. I don't know how much analysis that there needs to be made. It's just again, you know, Nebraska hangs around, and they can't finish it, and that's fine. It's just how the seasons. I mean, we're not going to win a Big Ten championship this year. By any means. I mean, it's Nebraska basketball. You just want to win an NCAA tournament game one of these days. And so, uh, I I mean, if you have any thoughts about Illinois, I'm ready to move on. So,
1: I mean, I'll I'll, um, just being a Big Ten guy, I'll mention the fact that Kofi Cockburn, yet another double double 15 points, 10 rebounds. That's his, he's a freshman. True oh, good freshman. For good for him. And 13th double-double game of the season. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll
0: Speaking of freshmen, Devon Adrargo, I know I'm mispronouncing that. I apologize. Um, after Illinois uh, passed uh, Dave Hoppen, Vincent Hamilton, John Turek on Nebraska's single-season freshman rebounding list among all-time you. Uh, Nebraska freshman and needs four more to break Alec Marks record so I if you want some bright spot I think Yvonne's one of them because you can tell he's playing a lot better I think he's getting more comfortable he's learning how he needs to play uh, Kevin Cross, on the other hand I don't know uh, but uh, so good for Yvonne and, or Yvonne sorry
1: and uh, I don't know anything else um, no, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I think Udra um, Agol, um, which I probably pronounced wrong too. Um, so sorry if you ever happen to listen to this podcast. Uh, we're trying on the name pronunciation. But no, I mean, he's he was definitely showing he was a freshman a lot of the season. But you can see coming down the stretch, I think there's some really good potential shining through. Now he's starting to get used to Big Ten play get used to the style of American ball because he is from France and he'd play in Europe and it's a very different style of basketball that they play. So not only does he have a learning curve of being a 17 year old playing against 18, 19, 20, 22, 23 year olds, he also has to adjust to the fact that uh, it's a completely different style of basketball. Um, So, you know, credit to him that he's, um, he's, clearly adapting to the game finally, and he's showing a lot of potential down the road. I think he's um, definitely a bright spot on the team for uh, Hoiberg's first class, so to speak. Um, But I think think that that pretty much wraps up Illinois. Uh, Let's take a break for a moment, and when we come back, we'll uh, preview some upcoming news and opponents. And we're back with some exciting news at the expense of everybody's favorite Big Ten team, Wisconsin. Do you happen to know what that news is, that Wisconsin is awfully sad about tonight, Nate?
0: Well, you know, and one of the greatest NBA players you know, recently passed away in a helicopter crash. And you know, the uh, news is, you know, Raska gets a commit from a, I guess you Technically, a current Wisconsin basketball player, whose name who I assume was also named after Kobe Bryant, and that'd be Kobe King. Uh, so that was kind of you know, some people made kind of a pretty big deal, he, you know. Before he pretty much told Wisconsin he's done with them, he was averaging ten points a game, two point eight rebounds, and he was, you know, probably the second best player. Uh, I guess he he, he ha, did have a previous relationship with Fred Hoiberg, as he was offered a scholarship um, by Iowa State before Hoiberg left the NBA. I guess one of the reasons why that he might Kobe King might have you know wanted to leave Wisconsin is because uh, I guess there were some reports that the Wisconsin strength coach used a racial epithet in front of Wisconsin players, uh, so that might be part of it. So, uh, and you know, I, I don't know if that happened or not, but, uh, there is a, if people want to know, there is a Kobe King, 2018, 2019 highlight, uh, I guess say film on YouTube, uh, what's set to a song. Uh, it's a beat. Uh, I'll get it here in a second, but I'm pretty excited about this guy. I think he's, he's really good. I mean, and I'm comparing him to who Nebraska has right now. He looks like a guy that you could—he can shoot from outside a little bit. He's—he's he's physically built. He can get to the hole, and he—you could even post him up if you wanted to. And right now, we don't even have anyone who could post somebody up, and that would be a—you know—a big addition. And there, he's trying to become immediately eligible. And when I say that, that means next year. So, no, he's not going to be able to play against Ohio State, at least to my knowledge. But Wisconsin, you know, I'm sure they're going to love, you know, there are some butthurt uh, Wisconsin uh, players, i sorry, not players, fans on Twitter. And of course, Twitter is a cesspool, so you're going to find somebody. And uh, so I'd be interested to see, you know, he's transferring in conference and see how that goes when we uh, visit Wisconsin the next time we see them. Uh, I'm not sure if – probably, they'd probably come here next year if we play them, but uh, I probably should
1: have checked that beforehand.
0: Oh, I'm no, sure that, they'll
1: get that won't be out until – unlike basketball, um, we won't know – or unlike okay. football, rather, I'm sorry. Unlike football, we won't know um, that breakdown until like May, roughly. We'll find out. Uh, the crossover matchups, and then we'll find out the actual conference schedule um, sometime in August, late August, early September, roughly. Yeah. So right now, the
0: Nebraska's 2020 recruiting class, if you want to call it that, if you want to think about it like that, I'm going to get wrong. Lat Mayan, he's six foot nine, averaging 11.8 points per game. Kobe King. He's 6'4", 10 points a game. He was Wisconsin's second-leading scorer. And then Teddy Allen, um, who I think Chris Teddy had a, a pretty good article about him, he's averaging 30.8 points per game in juco. And uh, so that's your recruiting class so far unless things change. So, I mean, do you – I mean, I can barely pay attention to uh, Nebraska basketball. I mean, do you – if, I, if if someone said hey Kevin, Kobe King is transferring to Nebraska, would you have known who he was before today as far as the uh, you know articles coming out?
1: Um I would have, but I mean in part I'm pretty biased because he announced the transfer literally the day of or like the day after Brad Davison got a one game suspension and that was um when MSU was about to play them. So all of us Spartan fans were uh, laughing really hard at them. And then we went into Wisconsin and got our butts kicked for most of the game before making the final score look more competitive than the game actually was. But uh, thank you for making me relive that. I I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I knew he was a pretty good get. You know, he had a knee injury his freshman year, and I think, Uh, It kind of shows a little bit with his sophomore year numbers. Um, They were pretty lackluster in comparison, but this year in the games that he played until he left the team at the end of January, he was averaging 10 points a game. You know, we could definitely use a double digit score. Um, Not much in the way of turnovers, one and a half per game compared to one in 1.6 assists. And he was shooting, um, 25% from three, not great, not bad. Uh, you know, we'll take it. Um, he's a, a good all-around player, um, fairly well sought after from, from some decent programs. Minnesota, Valparaiso, uh, Wichita, no, I'm sorry, not Wichita State, Wake Forest, uh, Iowa State, uh, Marquette went after him. You know, a couple good programs. So, I mean, he's a good, solid contributor. Uh, to to the roster, so whether he's granted immediate eligibility next fall uh, to be determined, but we will see on that. So, of course, that <laughs> well, might not matter too, depending on how that goes with the NCAA rule change. But um, all of that TBD. Yep, that's
0: right. Uh, so Nebraska plays Ohio State next.
1: Uh, that is at Ohio State from what I can tell. No, nope, uh, this one's in, uh, in Lincoln, actually. Oh, jeez. What I'm
0: looking at. I'm uh, very good, ESPN. I blame ESPN. They're the reason why I made the mistake. It's not my own personal responsibility to know our schedule.
1: Uh, yeah, no, honestly, hard. I actually was thinking it was probably at Nebraska or uh, at Ohio State as well off the top of my head, but then I looked at the screen. And it's like, oh wait, Nebraska is on the right. Oh, it's in um, Lincoln. There you go. Yeah, yep. your bottom team right. is on at home. Team on the right is at home. Depending on the layout, that's who's at home. Although there's like a sport or two where that isn't the case. I think I don't know what sport that is, but I've seen it on TV once or twice, and I've been like, I don't know what this is. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> well, utter uh, madness. The
0: last time we played Ohio State, we lost by twelve. I don't know. Maybe we could pull one out. Uh, Cam Cam Mack is—he must have some type of bug because he, he he missed the game against Illinois. I guess we should have mentioned that. Good job, guys.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> everybody has the flu. The coronavirus is now. Loose in California, we're all gonna die. So, yeah, not this literally is, everyone. Don't don't actually take well, that as someday we will though. We, all, I mean, but well, of course the we are all horror, mortal. Right? But let's not let's <laughs> not get all existential tonight. I'm I'm too tired for that. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, uh, so I guess there's a chance. Why not?
0: There's a reason why I play the game. Uh, so unless you got other thoughts about this Nebraska. Basketball team or usually you like to, you know, a couple of Big Ten thoughts. Uh, I don't
1: know. I mean, just what utter chaos as we come down to this stretch. Um, It was uh, as of Tuesday night going into the games, there were over 10. I think it was 10 million different scenarios for how the seating could fall because of how close all the teams are depending on how the 25 remaining games finished. like think, think about that for a second. 25 games remaining on the schedule. And there's over 10 million scenarios that could result for conference seating. And we already know that Nebraska and Northwestern are either going to be number 13 or number 14. And there's no way either team will finish higher than that. So that's already limiting it pretty heavily right there. But. I mean, wow! Like chaos, indeed. That's that's this season, and it's kind of a beautiful thing. Even though I really wish that, uh, you know, MSU was at like, you know, sixteen and two right now or something. So I mean, that's more games than they have played to this point. But you, you get my point. So, um, yeah, this uh, this this will be this will be interesting to see how it finishes down to the wire. I um. Uh, after Ohio State is Northwestern that's the best shot at um, getting a another conference win for this season and if they don't, then they'll be the 14th seed.
0: Well, you know uh, among those top uh, eight in the conference, I mean I mean you can go from first in the conference to eighth. In a couple of games. And that's this is you true. Know, man.
1: Yeah. As far as the conference tournament you know, goes. Uh, so. I mean, MSU beating Iowa last night knocked Iowa from, like, I think second in the conference in terms of seeding for the Big Ten tournament. They went from number two seed to, like, number eight or number seven <laughs> just by losing at MSU. They went from two to seven. Like, that's brutal.
0: And it's, yeah, that's brutal. And it's not
1: exactly early in the season here. It's you know most teams have four games remaining tops. So that's um, that's something you don't see every season. So uh, yeah, I mean, oh, um, w- one other thing I'll mention because um, that we're not sure necessarily which night we'll be recording a podcast next week uh michigan is on the schedule again and as you remember i had the last time we played michigan a um very irate michigan fan email me (laughs) twice not a reply to the initial email but a second email independently after she looked at my writer profile and realized i'm actually a michigan state fan first that person uh i i happen to have a friend that used to work at the university of michigan and um, happens to uh, yeah, still have loose connection and do some contracting work for them and whatnot. He, out of curiosity, when I told him about this story, looked this person up in their alumni database. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she she claimed in the email that she and her entire family went to Michigan. There's no record of her as a student there ever. <laughs> Now, maybe she made up the name. Maybe it's like a burner email account, that, or that's maybe the she, name on the email account. Maybe but, she's married, though, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm glad that you asked this question because I asked that question to him of like, oh, well, you know, maybe she's married. You know, would it, would it account for her maiden name? You know, maybe it's under that. His grandmother uh, is a U of M alum and was married and never, never updated this with the school or anything. The school. Tracks down that information, monitors and whatnot, and updates it. So if she had been married, like, they generally would know and would update the record accordingly.
0: Yeah.
1: So clearly, if she you know attends athletic events and is a fan and keeps in touch loosely with the school because she's such a diehard Michigan fan that she found this one random preview that I wrote for coordination and felt so concerned because of her deep connection and love of her alma mater – that she emailed me and yet she didn't even go to the school. So bravo. <laughs> she will probably never listen to this podcast, but that's, that is funny. Um, cause yeah, I mean, he and I chuckled about the email cause I, I thought he'd find it funny, uh, which he did. And then he, he proceeded to look her up out of curiosity and did, didn't even go nobody by that family name. <laughs> so, you, you know,
0: uh You're kind of snarky when it comes to Michigan stuff. And so,
1: and I was. I just tell the brutal, honest truth. That's what I do. (laughs) Like, like any good, honest, catty gay man like myself would do. I tell the brutal, honest truth. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know,
0: I wrote an article uh, for the first time we played Colorado two years ago in football. And I said, uh, I think the title of the article was. Uh, Colorado suffers from uh, like small program syndrome or something like that. And I got several emails, even from some former Colorado players. And some of them were not very nice. But the, the one from the player, he said, yeah, dude, you're right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he yeah. said, do not reprint my name and don't you know anything. But, yeah, dude, it's bad. They have a small, like small syndrome, or little boy, or little brother syndrome. I forgot what it was. And uh, oh no,
1: don't say little brother. I, uh, I oh, I mean, guess that, that
0: that's the Michigan, State, Michigan thing, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's and fun. That's other- one of the fun. That's one of the fun things about writing for Coronation is it's a little well, tons of people read it and. Um, the second, actually, the second most replies I got from a, other fan base, and by the way, it's usually after we've lost. It's not usually before, but it was Oregon. You know, when we lost to Oregon, I got multiple messages to, on my Twitter account, it, which is interesting. People are gonna come find me, but you know, just like she did, because she went to go find your email. And I just think that's that's interesting. Like, what? You know, what are you expecting from me? Like, anyways, but.
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm a blogger. You know, I, I just have fun with this. It's a fun hobby and it's enjoyable. But and like it, it's funny that she emailed me. But it's also just kind of hilarious that somebody has that much of a, you know, in, in a little sister inferiority complex of her, their basketball program, which I am not jealous of because, as I pointed out, MSU is a superior basketball program by any measure and.
0: You know, so Nebraska. same thing for Nebraska's superior basketball program.
1: Well, let's not get too crazy here. Well, I think on
0: that kernel of truth on Nebraska being superior, uh, I think we could uh, finish this out this episode. Uh, so, you know, f- you know, subscribe to the Coronation Podcast. You'll get three different podcasts. Uh, rate and review, I guess, if that's your thing. I guess that's good for the podcast. Uh, Greg's probably listening right now saying, yes, it is good for the podcast. Uh, so, uh, let us know what you think, good or bad. Cause, uh, if we're doing things you, you know, if you would prefer us to do things differently, then we'll, uh, ignore your, um, comment and move on. Because <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe if we get enough, uh, let's do this. I'm gonna send out a tweet at some point um, before the Iowa State game, asking people for what they like and dislike about the podcast. And if enough people actually reply, maybe we'll have a fun, uh, you know, Kevin and Nate read the mean tweets uh, segment be, next next week.
0: That'd be great. Tell us how but bad people we are.
1: actually have to reply. So. Yes.
0: So tell us how well, you have to are. follow us.
1: Yeah, you have to actually follow us and reply on Twitter. So,
0: and and then we'll we'll do the whole. Uh, is it uh, Jimmy Fallon does the mean tweets or something like that? And we can do yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, that'd be fun. I would actually enjoy that quite a, quite a lot.
1: So. Yeah, I, I think it'd be hilarious. So, but you make that a, that's a challenge to everybody. So make sure you actually go on and uh, and reply and let us know.
0: Oh, and, and if Greg's listening, he he they do the uh use your voice segment and people will call in and leave a voicemail. I did once. I left a the voicemail but they didn't know it was me. So uh now he knows. So uh oh, Were you uh
1: were you Bob from Saginaw? No, I don't remember what I did. That's yeah. um that's what Coach Hoyberg tried to do with his radio show last week before the game. Oh, he tried he, calling uh, in. Yeah, he tried calling in and he was going to According to him, he was going to fake his name as Bob from Saginaw. Got a little Sag nasty. There you go. All right. Well, if you guys
0: sign off, go ahead sign off, and that's that's, that's a wrap, everybody. You stay classy. Go Cubs.